When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week's episode is sponsored by True Story, Book Riot's nonfiction newsletter. This week, we're giving away 10 of our favorite works of nonfiction of 2018, including Educated by Tara Westover, One Person No Vote by Carol Anderson, I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara, and more. To enter, just sign up for True Story, our nonfiction newsletter for nonfiction news, book recommendations, deals, and more. Go to bookriot.com slash nonfiction giveaway to enter. That's bookriot.com slash nonfiction giveaway. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 188, and today we are talking about some of our favorite books of 2018. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello. I, I always have problems with the opening. When I went to say 2018, it feels like it's been 70 years. I was like, it's 2019. No. <laughs> and we were talking about 2019 last week yeah. or the last episode we recorded together. And now we're so like we went into the future and now we're back <laughs> and we're it's looking so at back crazy. at the year. <laughs> so crazy. So I'm just going to do this really quick. I'm just going to rip the band aid off. I don't really want to talk about it. I just want to say thank you to everybody who has reached out to me. We did lose Steinbeck. It's really hard. And thank you. Um, and thanks to Jen and Maria Christina for filling in. And that's it. All right. So okay, let's well, talk let's about just books. Get into it. So we're going to talk about some of our favorite books of 2018. Yeah, there were a lot of them. It's really hard to pick. Yeah. So, um, so that listeners know what we're doing here, I have two fiction favorites and two nonfiction favorites. And so you'll hear from me basically wrapping my year of the show up today um and next week jen and maria christina will be back with liberty to do some more i'm spoiled i get to talk about more I- well it only makes sense <laughs> like proportionally given the number of books that you read i think that works out nicely um so want to kick us off yeah i've talked about this book a million times i think but i don't care because i love it so much it is all the names they used for god stories by anjali Sachdeva. it is so good just, this is the most amazing story collection. I'm completely surprised. Like, I like stories. I always say, like, oh, I don't read stories. But I do. I read short stories all the time. And I enjoy them quite a bit. Friday Black, for instance, came out recently. Loved it. But I always feel like at the end of the year, like, not a lot of story collections are in my favorites. But this one might be my favorite book of the year. Like, don't mm. don't tell the other books. But <laughs> it's so fantastic. And they're like these really smart, sort of science-y, supernatural-y stories. There's one, my favorite one is the first one, although I go back and forth. But right now I'm going to say my favorite story is the first one about this woman whose husband goes off uh, for work and leaves her, or is it for war? Oh my god, I can't remember now. Um, And so she kind of gets lonely and she ends up like living underground, like in tunnels, like by herself. 
it's so strange and amazing. Um, my other favorite one, like, I love them all, but, like, if I had to pick favorites, my other favorite one is, like, a man who sees a mermaid one day when he's out on a whaling ship, and he falls for this mermaid, and he keeps trying to find her. There's also this super scary shark that follows her around everywhere, and that stressed me out so much because <laughs> things in the water are, like, my biggest fear. So I oh, no. was just like, this is so scary, I'm having the best time. Like, like it just, it's so fantastic. Um, but, I mean, there's all these, there's, like, these story about septuplets who are genetically modified. There's just, there's one about uh, an explosion at a building owned by Andrew Carnegie. It's fantastic. They're so wildly imaginative and just, oh, my goodness, I'm out of words. So, again, it is called All the Names They Used for God, Stories by Anjali Sachdeva. That is definitely going to be part of my holiday reading catch-up. It should be. Ugh. All right. My first pick, I, you know, I have to say 2018 has been a weird reading year for me because I'm usually so, like, so much of my reading is usually literary fiction. And this year, I just, like, I couldn't get into it. And it was totally me. Like, I know that there is an amazing crop of books this year, but I could not hang with really like emotionally challenging fiction for the most part. Like if A Little Life had come out this year, I definitely would not have read it. I couldn't, I just like couldn't, I couldn't do it. So it was interesting reflecting on what I did read and what really stuck with me. And the book that keeps coming back more than anything else that I read this year is Heavy by Kiese Lehman, which I didn't get to talk about on the show. I think Jen yep. was on the week that um, that it came out. This is just a really phenomenal memoir about race, about living in a black man's body in the United States in, you know, 2018 and over the past couple of decades. It's about sexuality. It's about his really complicated relationship with his family and also his complicated relationship to his body, um, dealing with various kinds of addiction, um, dealing with gambling, dealing with um, what it means to be a man and what it means to be a black man and um, what it means to not have control over a lot of aspects of his life, but being able to control his body and how that gets tangled up and everything. It's like it, it kind of feels like one of those reads that's like poking a bruise, like it hurts. Yes, that's a great um, way to describe and you, it. And you can't stop. Mm -hmm. um, it just, I, I read it on a train ride and kept being like, oh my God, I'm going to have to take a break from this. But I couldn't. It's so compelling. Um, we use unflinching a lot when we talk about memoirs, but I, I think this is one of those that truly deserves that designation. And the impression of it lingers for a long time afterwards. I, I've been thinking about this book for months. I'm going to continue thinking about this book for months. Kiese Lehman just weaves his own story so beautifully. And it does what great memoirs are supposed to do, where um, through reading about one person's life, you get pushed to see your own life and the world in new and bigger um, and sometimes very challenging ways. It's just remarkable. So that is Heavy, an American memoir by Kiese Lehman. Our next sponsor this week is Penguin Random House Audio. Holidays are happier with audiobooks, so find your story. Celebrate the holidays this year with audiobooks. You can incorporate them into all aspects of your holiday prep, and you'll find you're enjoying the season more than you ever have. Let audiobooks be a part of the holiday season with this guide to listening throughout your house. Whether you're listening with your family in the living room, in the kitchen while cooking up delicious meals, or baking for that big party later today, in the bedroom maybe when you escape the busyness of the 
day or as you head out on the road trip to visit family or friends. Penguin Random House Audio offers a few listening suggestions for each room and then links out to a larger collection. So give yourself the gift of audiobooks with bestsellers from Debbie McCumber and Brene Brown, my favorite, to family favorites like Harry Potter and the Magic Treehouse. Find your story at penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash bookriot. That's penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash bookriot. I'm going to talk about something a little lighter. Okay. Which is so unusual for us. But <laughs> I love... Especially lately. <laughs> I love this book. It's The Library Book by Susan Orlean. She wrote The Orchid Thief, which is a fantastic book. Many other wonderful books. Um, I loved this book. Do you ever read something and you're like, I wonder if I am enjoying this because I can relate to it? Or if it's like just... I mean, because it's Susan Orlean, so of course it's going to be great, but... My mother was a librarian, so a book about being in a library, you know, was sure to resonate with me, and I, I absolutely loved it. But everyone is like, oh my goodness, this book is so good. Um, so I was happy to see that. It goes back and forth between her own experiences, um, the time that she spent in libraries with her mother, which was very important to her, especially after her mother passed away, you know, to remember the times that they spent picking out books and talking about books and doing that. And also, it she covers the giant Los Angeles public library fire mm. of 1986, which, until I read this book, I had not heard of. Um, I can't... Oh, I'm losing my mind. I can't remember. There's something else that happened. Oh, Chernobyl! I was like, there's something, like, huge in the news that week, so, which, like, kind of pushed it out of the spotlight. Um, so there was a huge library fire in Los Angeles. It was arson. Uh, it burned 400,000 books and damaged another 700,000 and, like, closed the library down for a long time. It was a big mess. And so it, she also covered a sort of, like, a true crime aspect, like, you know, who did this? Here's who they think did it, but they've never been able to really prove it, but maybe it wasn't that. And and so it's so fascinating. Um, and, like, it always makes me think of, like, the Library of Alexandria. Like, you know, like how do you, you know, upset a book nerd, like, mention the Library of Alexandria. Like, we're still mad about that. Um, so, yes, it is about a library burning, so it is a little upsetting if, if books are your thing. Um, but it's just, it's such a lovely, lovely story, like, about her relationship with her mom, and her relationship to books, and how we relate to books, because that's why we're all here. So it is The Library Book by Susan Orlean. All right. My next one is An American Marriage by Tayari Jones. Came out early in the year, but I've been really happy to see that it has not been forgotten, as so many early releases tend to be this time of year. It was named... It's on a billion lists, yeah. <laughs> and it remains on mine. Also, Oprah liked it, so I'm finding myself in good company. Um, and this is another one of those books that I've just been thinking about all year long. It's about um, a newlywed couple, a black couple, Celestial and Roy, and Roy, um, and they are they think that they're living the American dream. She is an artist. She's developing a really big career for herself. He's an executive. And just as they're settling into life together, Roy is arrested for a crime that he didn't commit and found guilty and sentenced to 12 years in jail. Um, and Celestial, over the course of those 12 years, struggles with how to make sense of their relationship and the possibility of a future or not. Can she continue to love him? Um, and, you know, what is going to happen to their lives? And through the lens of this just wonderfully written story about this couple and their families and the community that they live in, Tyree Jones is asking really big questions and turning a lens back on um, very big and inextricable parts of American history. Um, I can't remember who said it, but 
you know, I think it's commonly said that the story of America is the story of racism. And this is a look at how you can be doing everything right as a black couple in the United States and still have your life ripped away from you um, and how much injustice still exists and what that does to people on a very personal level. It is big and systemic, but looking into these two characters' stories and how something like this affects them really really drives it home. It's just wonderfully written. Tyree Jones, I think, is one of our best novelists. And I'm so excited to see how her career continues to develop. So that's An American Marriage by Tyree Jones. My next pick, one of my favorites of the year, it's a novel, but also the book that I've read the most this year. I've read it five times because it's so Whoa. it's so good. It's only 200 pages, like 200 pages, 220 pages. It is The Parking Lot Attendant by Nefkote Tamarat. It's so fantastic. First of all, it has an unnamed narrator. I am a sucker for an unnamed narrator. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why, but, like, when I see that, I'm like, ooh, why don't they have a name? Who are they? What's going on? <laughs> and it's, so I love that already. But it starts out at this undisclosed island. There's, like, this commune that this young uh, teenage woman and her father are at, and they're, um, you're kind of, like, finding out, like, why they're there, and they're not really psyched to be there at this commune, and the founders of the commune are not really excited to have them there. And then they start talking about how this girl, the unnamed narrator, um, and her father used to live in Boston. They were a part of the Ethiopian community in Boston, and she kind of gets mixed up with this man who is the parking lot attendant, Um, and her father doesn't want her to hang out with this guy, so of course, that's all she wants to do now. And I just want to say, like, I thought, like, it was going to go in, like, a different direction than it did. It's never, like, a a creepy, predatory kind of relationship that they have. He he more, like, takes her under his wing, because it it, uh, quickly becomes apparent that he's got some shady dealings going on around the country, uh, not the country, the city, and he wants her to help him out with those. And she's completely taken with him because, you know, he's giving her responsibility and he's talking to her like she's an adult. And her father doesn't want her to hang out with him. So, of course, she wants to. And, and things are not going to go very well um, for them. But it's just, it's mesmerizing. Like, I just read it and I'm just like, oh. I, and also, for reasons that I cannot explain, it reminds me a little bit of Kurt Vonnegut. Like, I huh. don't know why. Maybe it's like the... A name narrator, like the the weird commune aspect. I don't know, but five times, five times I've read this book, <laughs> and I just so like that's an endorsement. Like, um, <laughs> I would say that's all the endorsement I need. <laughs> I just I loved it so much. So again, it is called the Parking Lot Attendant, and it's by Nafcote Tamarat. All right, time for our last sponsor this week. It is GH Mum Champagne. What do a South African female DJ? a Wall Street businessman turned mixologist, and one of the fastest men alive all have in common. They have all dared to push themselves and chase their dreams and make them into their own victories. This holiday season, GH Mum Champagne has partnered with Vice to showcase these amazing stories of personal triumph. So pop a bottle of GH Mum Grand Cordon, get inspired, and celebrate your next victory. And hey, you know, New Year's Eve just around the corner. You never know. Maybe next year, your story will be featured. Visit hmumvictory.com. That's H-M-U-M-M-V-I-C-T-O-R-Y.com to see all 10 stories. Thanks to GH Mum Champagne and Vice for sponsoring this episode. Right on. Okay. Well, 
let's get a little bit weird, I guess. (laughs) And it would not be an end of the year show if I didn't talk about short stories. So my other fiction favorite this year is Florida by Lauren Groff. Um, Also, these have just stuck with me. Florida is this own, it's its own whole thing. And she captures the, like what it is to be physically in Florida, how the climate feels, what the vegetation is like, the animals, there's like something kind of sinister about Florida. And there's something kind of sinister about the way that her characters inhabit that place. Um, Florida is definitely a character of its own in these stories, and it shapes the sort of the energy or the vibe of the book. But there are just these stories are just packed with women dealing with difficult stuff. Um, some of them are like a little bit on the surreally magical end, um, but there are things like, you know, very real sexual secrets, um, conflicts between married couples, conflicts between mothers and daughters, um, just lots of inner stuff being worked out or wrestled with in her characters. And there's a lot of anger on the page. This has been the year of nonfiction books about women's anger and Florida of all the fiction that I read this year, which admittedly was not much, um, but Florida just does a remarkable job of capturing women's anger and desire and the ways that those things are all tangled up in each other um, and how hard it is to be a woman and to try to seek happiness um, and have healthy relationships and like be balanced and do it all. And also these characters live in Florida. Um, it's just really affecting and memorable. It's so creative. And like every time I read, I read Lauren Graf, I think like, ah, oh, this is a writer at the top of her game. And every book just keeps getting better. Um, it's just remarkable. So that is Florida by Lauren Graf. My favorite collection of short stories this year. One of my favorite books of the year, for sure. I really wanted her to win the National Book Award. I did, too. Yeah. I feel weird saying that a lot because I love The Great Believers so, so much. I loved A Lucky Man. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted her to win. Yeah. Just because, you know, she didn't win last time. And I was just like, give it to Lauren. Yeah, it doesn't discount the worthiness of any of the other nominees. But man, Florida. Whew. Yeah, I really wanted it to be her. So my last pick my last is nonfiction. And I know I talked about this, but I feel like I haven't heard many people speaking about it still. And yet it has an amazing reviews. And mm. I just absolutely loved it. Um, it is Air Traffic, a memoir of ambition and manhood in America by Gregory Pardlow. And it's the story of his father. It's about fatherhood and race. Um, it's about addiction. Uh, Gregory Pardlow is a Pulitzer Prize winning poet. Um, but when he was young, uh, his father was an air traffic controller. And he lost his job in the air traffic contro- controller strike of 1981. Air tra- that's a lot to say, air traffic controller. Um, <laughs> And so, like, he used to be, like, this, uh, he used to have a job, and he used to take care of his family, and suddenly, like, he's without a job, and he became an alcoholic, and things went terribly wrong for their family, and it split them up, and all of a sudden, Gregory had this, you know, this model father to look up to, and and things were going bad for him, and he kind of rebels himself, um, and he joins the army, or the marines, and, um, just takes off. He's like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like this family is a mess now and I'm leaving. Um, and it talks about like how, you know, he had to overcome those feelings of like his disappointment in family. He had to overcome addiction. Um, and what it meant like when he became a father 
to to think about his own dad and the choices that he made and the things that happened with him. Um, it's heartbreaking and just also beautiful. Like I said, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning poet, and sometimes like writers are amazing, but when poets write memoirs, it's like, whoo, mm-hmm. it's almost unfair, really. It's just, it's, the writing is so fantastic. Also, I think I mentioned this before, but I learned history from this book. Like, he talks about this, Ooh. these terrible incidents in American history that I had never heard about, um, that took place at the turn of the, the 20th century, um, that, I, that I'm not going to go into here, but, um, I love when I learn things from books, like, that's mm-hmm. all about what reading is about, you know, and, and it feels so good, and I just took so much from this book, which seems so strange, because, you know, I am not a middle-aged black man, but it it really resonated with me. Um, so again, it is called Air Traffic, A Memoir of Ambition and Manhood in America by Gregory Pardlow. All right. My last one is one that I also learned a ton from. It's Buttermilk Graffiti, A Chef's Journey to Discover America's New Melting Pot Cuisine by Edward Lee. I've talked about this on this show. I've talked about it on the Book Riot podcast. I've talked about it in all the places that I talk about books. This is to me like the platonic ideal of an intersection between um, the food memoir, the like sociological look at cooking, and just a personal story. Edward Lee is a really phenomenal writer. I would, at this point, I would read whatever he wanted to write about. These essays are just beautifully crafted and so thoughtful. Um, And there's just gorgeous sentences that you don't necessarily expect when you're reading a book about food. Um, But he is a Korean a Korean American. He grew up in Brooklyn, and now he lives in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, so he's had quite an interesting life with regards to geography and culture, and he's really interested in what happens when uh, when people immigrate to the United States or when they move somewhere new and they're, they assimilate, they lose some of the elements of their culture. What happens to their food? Um, what does it mean to have a melting pot cuisine? What does it mean to allow sort of traditional cultural dishes to be changed or to change them by necessity? because the ingredients are different. And so in each of the chapters in this book, I think there are 16, he visits a different city um, to interact with either a different community or a specific restaurant or look at a certain dish that is symbolic and important within a particular cultural or culture or community. Um, It's just so fascinating. You basically get to like go on a road trip across the United States with Edward Lee while he's like, you know, eating Lebanese food in Appalachia and talking about this, that particular dish or celebrating Ramadan uh, in, I can't remember the small, in not the small town, but there's a city in Michigan um, that has one of the largest Muslim uh, populations in the U.S. Celebrating Ramadan there and what it was like to be with those people, to be fasting, and then to break your fast and eat this delicious food and think about food as as a part of a spiritual tradition as well. It's just awesome. Um, I get a little rambly and inarticulate about it because I love it so much. I think if you're interested in food at all, if you're interested in um, American culture and the notion of America as a melting pot and what food means within our cultures, for sure pick it up. Um, He has a very different voice from Anthony Bourdain, but his approach to thinking about food feels to me pretty similar. Like, um, Maybe not quite the heir to the Bourdain throne. I'm personally just not ready to let go of Bourdain. Uh, But if you liked that philosophical approach to food, I think that Edward Lee will resonate with you as well. So that's Buttermilk Graffiti by Edward Lee. He also has my dream car on the cover of his book. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a great book. Yeah. And he's just cool. I would just like to hang out with him and talk about food. Like I'm, we could make, you know, we could go to Sonic 
We could talk about corn dogs and Edward Lee would make it sound, you know, highbrow. It would be great. Yeah, it's true. I don't know that, I mean, I could talk about vegetables, but it would still be interesting. <laughs> so You could. Did we, vegetables are important. Did we make it all the way through? <laughs> <laughs> we did. So this concludes part one of our best books, really favorite books. Tune in next week when Jen says... Muppet Arms! No, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, Liberty will have more for you yes. next week. Um, okay, Lib, so what are you going to read next? So, yesterday I got the book that I was most anticipating next year. Yesterday should have been mm. the best day of my year. It turned out to be <laughs> oh, the worst. But I got The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead, which... That's exciting. Yeah, I read the first 15 pages over the... 10 hours today <laughs> and it's great it's uh it's a little different than um you know any of his other novels I, I find each of his novels to be you know a different setting this one is about a hellish boys reformatory school in jim era jim crow era florida so what are you gonna read next I am in the middle of Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb, which I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when it first showed up in the mail, but I have actually picked it up. Um, she is a therapist writing about her work as a therapist, but also about her own experiences in therapy and just sort of weaving together her personal story with professional insight about therapy, about what we learn about ourselves in therapy, both from her therapist perspective and her just person who goes to therapy perspective. Um, and there's a great blurb on the back that is something like, you know, this book is great for like anyone who has, who is a therapist, who's been to therapy, who has feelings, i.e. anyone who is a human. Uh, and I am so far really, really loving it. I've just been plowing through it. She's funny and warm and it's interesting and so validating about universal components of the human experience and the kinds of help um, that we sometimes need and the form that that help can come in. So I'm really digging it. Fantastic. I'm really I, and forgive me if I'm outing you here. I, I don't mm -hmm. think we usually talk about this, but you used to be. You used to work in the industry, so I'm very curious to like know your yeah. your take on it from the inside. Well, I never got turned loose on uh, on the world, but yeah, I um, was getting. I was in a doctoral program to get a doctorate in clinical psychology, and then after my master's, I decided not to. So I have seen some clients, but that was like more than a decade ago. Um, I think it feels. I mean, she obviously has a ton more experience than I had, but it's very um, it's very human and very empathetic for what people go through in, you know, both of the positions in a therapy room, either as the therapist or the client and honest about how difficult it can be. Um, and it's interesting to watch her talk about her own experiences in therapy and how like she's like, she's like in therapy doing a thing that she knows would be super annoying to her as the therapist <laughs> if she were the client, but like, she's just being a person. Like when you're just wearing your person hat, <laughs> You know, you have to see yourself in, in both of those ways. It's really, um, it's really wonderful. Awesome. I think it's going to be a big book. I'll be looking forward to like listening to her do a bunch of podcast interviews next year. Excellent. I just uh, got it. Maybe I'll yes. read that after the cool smile. Yeah, it moves. It has a really, like, it's really nice pacing. I like the structure a lot. Like you sort of get to know some of her clients in an ongoing way. And then there are one-off stories about other things that happen and her stories about like, like she admits to, you know, Google stalking her therapist, like to spending <laughs> hours one night. You know, like in, she ends up reading an interview that his mom did with a small town newspaper in the town where he grew up, <laughs> like, you know, learning way more about him than she should. It's just very <laughs> honest. I really, really like it. That's awesome. Um, 
Yeah. So that's our show this week. This is my last episode of 2018. Sad. But you'll be back. Yeah, and it'll be nice to have a break and just read some books yes. for a while. So thank you to our sponsors. Go to bookriot.com slash nonfiction giveaway to enter to win 10 of the best nonfiction books of the year so far. Go to penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash bookriot to get audiobook recommendations for any room in your house, wherever you're hiding the holiday season. And go to hmumvictory, that's H-M-U-M-M, victory.com to learn more about those victorious stories from GH Mum Champagne and Vice. And if you would like to drop us a line, you can do that at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you want to send us a little holiday gift, if you like the show, a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts helps other people find their way to us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. All right. In the meantime. In the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.